to the streets break. Roll another one, cause I'm winning. In my photo, looking real photogenic. Gentlemen attire and threads that won't expire. I'm in the class of my own, my teacher got these things um sure, so yeah sure um so for everyone listening uh welcome back to the growth complex podcast i'm sitting down today with evan stewart um this guy's super cool because I, I i i've been watching his content for a little bit now and um uh, i'm super impressed with his ability to be super genuine and, and just upfront and honest about what he's talking about um he's he spoke um, he speaks at, at a lot of different uh, conferences and events and stuff. And he actually, actually has his own conference currently. Um, <clears throat> but Evan, I don't know too much about the, the backstory, to be quite honest. So I want um, you to kind of take the floor and, and guide us through what led you to basically where you are now with the company that you, that you currently are running. Sure. Absolutely. Well, first, I mean, thanks for, for having me, Nick. I'm, I'm excited to be sure. here and, and have sure good conversation, right? Amidst the craziness of the world today, it's always always <clears> good <throat> to bring some positivity back into oh, yeah. the picture. Um, for sure. You know, for me, I'm just I'm just a guy that is is really trying to every day diligently walk in in uh, in my calling and and spend a little more time being a little more like Jesus and a little less like me. And uh, my mm. life, I uh, I built and exited some pretty successful companies uh, and. But what I had found that the big reason why I'm here now, not to get into the minutia of that rabbit hole, but I had achieved success in what many people define as success. You know, I had money, I had mm -hmm. the, the, the stuff and I found that I was just so unfulfilled because what I was doing was making money, but I wasn't living in purpose. I was living in mm -hmm. profit. And so the problem for that is you can have so much and, and actually feel so empty. And so the reason that I started Obsessed Academy was I walked away from my $35 million real estate company to essentially pursue purpose because I fundamentally believe that my calling and my gift is to help other people identify their calling and mm. their gifts and then equip them with a sustainable structure to actually live in obedience to that instead of in default, whether that's professionally, how you actually carry out a mission of an organization, which mm -hmm. obviously there's some some tactical strategy there from building and exiting companies. I kind of know how to do that <laughs> yeah, or personally, right. um, even like with what you're doing, right? How do you define a message and actually refine that and then distribute it to the audience that deserves to hear it? You see, most people know that there's something inside them that they need to be attentive to, but they either don't know how or they're attentive to it and then they don't know how to distribute it. So that's mm. really where, where we come in. And, and uh, it was a big leap of faith. Uh, it was a lot of faith. Um, and, but now we're here and, and it's been an incredible, incredible journey. So uh, in short, I just got tired of, as crazy as it sounds, I got tired of making money without having anything else attached to it other than $10. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, that's, that's a crazy perspective that I feel like more and more people are starting to talk about. Um, because without, I feel like without that real purpose, the money just becomes like a void. And then like, yeah, from what I've heard, um, I mean, I haven't, I personally haven't reached this, the level of success where I've really experienced this yet. Like, mm -hmm. like really experienced it. Sure. Um, a lot of people describe it as like, like a scary, a, sc a scary feeling where they like, they'll, they'll make, they'll, they'll reach whatever goal they, they set. And they're like, so like, is that it? 
Well, like, yeah, I mean, that's you know? the, the first thing that happens when you when you break seven figures is you realize how little money it is. And that's not mm. a um, that's not a, me trying to be a douche. It, it re- a million dollars is not what it used to be, mm-hmm. because what happens is is that so there's this trajectory, right? So if you are making less than fifty thousand dollars, everything is really important financially because fifty thousand dollars just doesn't take you that far in the United States, right? Especially mm-hmm. if you're married, especially if you've got kids. Let's just be real. So the very right. first goal, the very first standard of stability, as far as not completely really scared, is you personally making $75,000. Right, yeah. Right? And then, so you hit that, and it's like, okay, maybe life isn't great, but I'm not struggling quite yet. The fridge is full. It's not exactly Whole Foods, but we're, it's like things start to get well, right? right? And then there's this break to where you don't really feel too much, but things start to shift again about 120, 130, and things really start to shift again about $150,000. So that's the first threshold, right? But here's the thing is that all of a sudden life starts to scale with you, especially if you're in business. See, 250 feels a lot like 125. Mm. 300 feels a lot like 150. 500 feels a lot like 250. Because what happens is that you start to, to, to have the quality of life increase, the quality of business increase, the expenses increase proportionately. So when you get to a million dollars, a million dollars realistically doesn't feel like that much, especially if there's a business to run, because all of a sudden you've got a life to maintain. And I'm not talking right. about buying crap. I'm talking about, I don't even have a lot of stuff. I still drive a 2011 Hyundai Genesis. Like I could have, you know, I didn't go out and buy the Aston Martin. I'm not a guy that filled my life with cars and stuff. But what I found was I needed people. I needed systems. I needed marketing. I needed equipment. I need, and all of a sudden, you know, three payrolls, dude, that cuts off a quarter of it right there. Right. And so the first thing that happens is you recognize you're like, oh crap, this isn't that much. But the other thing that happened, and for me, when, when I really started to notice it, was A, God was really calling me elsewhere and I wasn't listening to it. Right. Mm-hmm. My friend Tim's story says once you've touched the fire, you can't go back to living in the smoke. But what happens when the fire is all around you and you're ignoring it? right? A calling is a nine, not a revelation. Like the skies open up. A calling is a nine, like every single day, knowing you're not supposed to be there. You're supposed to be elsewhere. And I had that for mm. a long time, right? How long? I call, I mean, years, right? Okay. Years. Yeah. I talk about the cycle of healthy obsession. It starts with a call, right? It's a, it's, it's a mindset. It's a, uh, excuse me. It's an emotion. It's a mindset. It's a discipline, but it starts mm. with emotion, which is a revelation and revelation is a derivative of divine truth. That's that calling. So okay. I had that. And so imagine for me, and this is going to be a really grandiose example, but I think this really hits it home. Imagine going into Target and you're looking at two different types of paper towels or two different types of shampoo. One's like Target brand, one's, you know, Bounty or, you know, whatever. One's the name brand. And to you, it's like, oh, which one do I get? doesn't really make that much of a difference. There's pros and cons. Mm -hmm. Now imagine that same level of just, not even mattering to really big decisions. Like, do I buy the Porsche or the Aston Martin? Do I buy, you know, you see what I mean? Where all of a sudden, even really, really, really big decisions are inconsequential. It doesn't even matter. And what happened was, is I got to the point where that was a question I'd grapple with. Do I want the Porsche or the Aston Martin? I I don't even like cars. I just felt like I needed one because I I didn't know what I needed to be doing. And um, I, I didn't. But what happened was, is I sat there, I was like, this doesn't even matter to me. Why is this an inconsequential decision in my life when I would love to love to make the decision? Mm 
And that's when I really started peeling back the layers a little mm. bit and looking at it and thinking, you know what, this, this is not who I am, where I needed to end up. And yes, I was young when I had achieved a certain level of success, but I was like, do I really want to live the rest of my life so poor that the only thing I have is cash? My answer was no, you know? Wow. Yeah. That's powerful. That's powerful. Would you say that because you talked about those uh, inconsequential, inconsequential decisions, I think you, you, you said, and yeah. um, do you think that the big issue with that is that it takes a lot of like mental energy um, out of the limited mental energy or emotional energy that we have to, to make those decisions that really don't matter to most of us, do you think? Um, yes and no. I definitely understand what you're saying by that for sure. You know, we do have, I'm a big believer and we have a cap in our capacity of emotions yeah. and relationships, et cetera. Um, sure. it was just that I, I, I had become so for me and what I think a lot of people walk in is that you can become really numb to the goals that you have because you're just, you're so deeply in the minutia of pushing, pushing, pushing mm -hmm. that all mm -hmm. other things fall to the wayside. Now I believe in moving quickly. That's yeah. huge, right? Yeah. If you can do something yeah. in five years or if you can do something in 15 years, why would you take 15 years to do it? But for me, it was for so long, I personally have struggled with, uh, many people call it celebrating. I call it reflecting because I can't really celebrate, but I can reflect. I've really struggled sure. with pausing and reflecting because I dropped out of school and my college. Parents are, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And my parents are very highly educated and while they're extremely supportive and I have a loving family, I'm very grateful for um, the whole dropping out of school thing didn't go over too well. Oh, and <laughs> um, I was not, you know, I was, I, I was smart, but I wasn't like, you know, Mensa graduate or anything. So I had these limiting beliefs. So to me, as soon as I fell truly on, on, into my own reality, like, okay, I don't have school. I don't have a backup plan. I have to make this work. I, I just fell into this rhythm of, I have to prove like, Hey mom and dad, check out this beautiful new condo. We got looking mm, downtown. This beautiful, like, like it's working. Yeah. You know, Hey, look at this cool stuff. <clears throat> it's work. And, and I was filling my life with these validators instead of recognizing that a, my identity is validated, my creator, not myself. And B that the world around me, I don't have to prove to anyone that, that, that what I'm doing is, is working because I started lying because it wasn't working for me. I was mm -hmm. making money, but I think the real issue to touch on what you had talked about, I kind of went off left field there because I got passionate for a second. But I think the yeah. real <laughs> issue is, is that when there's no purpose attached to the profit, it just becomes that be, all things associated with the profit become meaningless, right? Because money right. is a tool. We've heard that a thousand times. I didn't make that up. Money is a tool for achieving a mission, whether the mission is positive or negative whether it's self-fulfilling or fulfilling other people, it's right. a tool for achieving a mission. Your mission can be an asshole and fly around in your helicopter and talk about how great you are. That's still achieving a mission, right? Look at Bill and Melinda Gates. They're almost single-handedly curing what used to be deeming as incurable, really pushing back against malaria and AIDS in third world countries. That's mm -hmm. money did that, right? Money mm -hmm. made that yep. possible. And so what I found is that, that it was just like flushing it down the toilet because there was, I couldn't do anything with it. It'd be like having a hundred thousand hammers. Gotcha. What the hell are you going <laughs> to do with that, right? But, but, right, but right. if you own a construction company and now you're building three hundred thousand units, you're going to need a lot more. See, now there's a purpose attached to it. Otherwise, gotcha. you'd be looking at your room saying, "What did I do? Why did I spend all this time collecting yeah. all this?" You know what I mean? Yeah, that was a great analogy, actually, because 
I think you answered the question I was going to ask, which is like, <clears throat> uh, my, my, my question was going to be like, okay, how, if this is the case and, and a lot of people struggle with this, I mean, I struggle with this. Like how do you balance trying to financially rise, climb that ladder <clears throat> while also taking time to step back um, or pursue a purpose? It's kind of, I think, it's, I think when you're in the game, it's hard to navigate that whole thing because yeah. you're so in the game, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're right. I think a couple of different, a couple of different thoughts on that. The first one is you must allow yourself grace, space, forgiveness, right? I love the saying, I love the saying, I'm not where I want to be, <clears throat> but thank God I'm not where I used to be. Right. Yeah, because perspective. typically what happens is, you know, we've all heard this, oh, you need to compare against yourself and not other people. And I don't, I really don't like working in cliches, but one thing that I do believe is, is that comparison is deadly, but we also need to have patience because typically what happens is one of the big fuels for, Hey, that work really, really needs to happen. Hey, you have to push, Hey, all things fall to the wayside, hustle, grind. One of the big fuels for that is the, I need it now. See, that was my issue too. I need it now. I don't need it now. I need it. Certainly. I need it for sure. I need it forever. And I need it at some point. Mm -hmm. That perspective is very different than I need it now. Okay. You see, if you can allow yourself grace, space, and forgiveness, I'm going to give myself the grace to move in a pace and not push on every area of my life. I'm going to give myself the space to figure out what I need, when I need, how I need it, who I am, what that means, why it matters, how it's applicable to my life and my life's work. And I'm going to give myself forgiveness for not achieving these arbitrary goals that I had. Now, same statement, same breath. You should be setting goals. You should be moving quickly. You should be pushing. What I recommend is don't push with such an intensity and a velocity that all things important to you break in the process, mm. right? If you look at my content, I, a couple of days ago, I just posted uh, from one of the, the live calls that I did, everything's crazy with coronavirus. I talked about how to maintain consistency. One of the big believers I have in consistency is that we've got five areas in our life, a personal, financial, spiritual, relational, and professional. So one system that right. you can implement into your life to ensure that you don't break other things in the process is to ensure you're touching those areas of your life consistently on a weekly basis. My personal life, how am I staying in tune with myself, my mindset, physically, you know, am I, am I working out? Am I feeding my mind with positives instead of negatives? Financially, am I looking at my money? Look, stock market's going up and down right now, but you got to be paying attention to it. Grant Cardone mm. says money is a jealous lover. That is so true right? Yeah. yeah. You're, you're, you're spiritual. If you have a specific faith, are you spending time in that faith, in that church, in that synagogue? If you don't have a specific faith, that's cool too. It can just be mindset and headspace, mm -hmm. peace, right? Namaste. Mm -hmm. If you've got your relational, how do your relationships look? Are you spending time with the people that matter? Are you and your spouse really taking time for a date night or has it been three months? And yeah. then of course, professional. <clears throat> the, the, is your job inspiring, fascinating, and motivating? And if it's not, what specifically about the job drains you instead of fills you? Mm -hmm. You see, if you can allow yourself, and you see, that's a very peaceful conversation with yourself. If you can allow yeah. yourself the time to actually have that conversation and that diligence amidst the push and I'm going to get it and we got to make it happen. If you can have both of those dialogues and the tension in both of those dialogues simultaneously, that's how you can balance it, in my opinion. Because typically, if you get too far into one, well, now you become a hippie and you need to go out to the to the desert and just kind of relax with your friends and 
you know, that type right. of thing. And if you fall too far into the other one, then you become like a Jordan Belfort where the only thing you give a shit about is actually having money in your back pocket and everyone else can burn in the process. So if mm -hmm. you can be in the middle, it's like I simultaneously need to provide for my family, need to move quickly, intergenerational wealth, money is a great thing and I have to have it so that way my family don't, that doesn't have to starve. Coupled with, I'm gonna make sure that I'm achieving my purpose, I'm being here, being present, and that my life matters to the people who are looking for it. Yeah. That's the tension that creates a, a balance in my opinion. Yeah, I, I have a, you brought something up real quickly that, that I, uh, <clears throat> I'm curious your opinion on. You talked about sure. generational wealth. <clears throat> and I often come to thinking about this because I'm, I'm very young still and I, uh, I want to navigate certain things correctly when I'm, when I'm older and, you know, potentially have kids and et cetera. Yes. What's your take on, on like, on, um, how do I say it? Um, inheriting money and like the pros and cons to that. Cause I think, I feel like, obviously you want to, you want to leave them with enough money so that they can have good opportunity and, and they can start from a good place of, um, you know, good of resources. But I feel like after a certain point, it, it would, it would hurt those people. Like if, you know what I'm saying? And so like, what's your take on, you know, that maybe what that fr threshold might be. And if, and, and just in general, I guess. You got to have a culture in your family, just like you have a culture in your business. Mm-hmm. Okay, some of our cultural disciplines, some of our rules, right, core values, as we call it, rules is kind of a, a loose term, uh, or excuse me, too strict a term, uh, would be like responsibility, take total responsibility. Growth, right, great isn't good enough. Every single day starts at zero and you have to re-earn your sleep. If you lived every single day the same as you did today, what kind of future would that create for you and the people that you care about? You know, precision, we want to move swiftly and with accuracy. Move so quickly that you can achieve great things in a shorter amount of time, but without breaking things in the process these types of things, and, and there are more, but the reason why I mention that is I do not have a problem with intergenerational wealth. Mm -hmm. Where the problems typically arise is when an individual doesn't understand the significance of it, mm. okay? So the reason why I mention culture, family culture, is that one insulator you can have for that is instilling a culture of discipline and responsibility and precision and giving and love like and that. grace in relationship to the wealth, right? Got it. See, mm -hmm. I, listen, is it true that my great, 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 great grandkids off of my back when my family is worth a billion dollars could probably take that money and screw around with it? Yeah, but A, that's gonna be way outside of my control, right? That should not be an excuse for me not to bust ass now because maybe someday some family's gonna squander it. Dude, I know that's gonna happen, right? But I can't use that as a scapegoat for me not achieving my best now, first of all. And second of mm -hmm. all, the, the culture is important. So if my wife and I, as we, we will have kids one day, don't yet, but we will, as we raise children, as we're instilling in them that culture, and we're doing our very best as they grow to instill in their kids that culture. It's not a helicopter parent, I need you to be a certain way. It is everyone can be better as they move in grace and space and responsibility and love and discipline, et cetera, et cetera. So now if we instill that culture intergenerationally as it relates to wealth and opportunity, that I believe is the insulator. I mm. have no problem. If you're inheriting money, good for you. I have yeah. no problem with people who inherit money or people who leave money to inherit. I just believe that like anything, it needs to be protected. And the way you protect wealth and opportunity is through disciplines of the spirit. 
Mm. Yeah, I like how you talked about culture there because I feel like um, having that or at least having the relation, the proper relationship with the, with the inheritance mm-hmm. is, is what will allow you to use that for good. And mm-hmm. like, and even, even, even one thing that I might, I'll, I'll, I'll disagree with you a little bit on is sure, sure. the, you, you know, we, you spoke on how you can't really control five generations down the, down the line. I, I, I mean, sure. I agree with you to an extent, but I feel like if you really focus on that culture, that would have a, a effect on them down the road, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's, that's also a part of the reason you do it in the first place. Just like you have a culture in an organization, you know, yes. um, any type, any type of organization, you know, you want to have that cultural, cultural foundation so that, you know, in 10 years, 20, 50 years, it's hopefully still there, you know? Absolutely. Um, and, and you're so. exactly right. That's, you know, you, there's, I, I guess I should have phrased that there's no guarantee that you're going to be able to, mm. um, <clears throat> there's no guarantee that, that, yeah. that won't be squandered down the line, but you are right. That's exactly why that, that, that culture idea exists is because, it could be an insulator. And if implemented correctly, you know, if you, if you have a family that believes in that and children that believe in that and grandchildren that believe in that, don't you think that's going to follow the line? Yeah, it might dissipate a little bit, but as everyone continues to rediscover that culture as it relates mm-hmm. to themselves and their own opportunity, theoretically, you could have just changed the lineage of your family history just through your intense discipline now. Yeah, yeah, I love that. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk to me a little bit about obsessed Academy. Um, cause I know, I know there's some entrepreneurs and, and, uh, people in your target audience that, um, are listening. Talk to me about like what, like what, like what it, what it is and, and kind of where you're going with it. And, um, sure. I guess kind of going into obsessed conference as well off of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, the Obsessed Academy, um, our, our company, OA, is uh, here just to do what we've discussed, right? We scale purpose-driven yeah. lives and businesses. So um, just like we had talked about initially, whether it's an organizational structure, whether it's an influencer, an athlete, an executive, an individual that has a message to distribute, but either A, doesn't know how to distribute it, or B, doesn't have the audience to distribute it to, putting mm-hmm. those pieces together to create a sustainable and purpose-driven life and business around what they want to achieve, that mission. Um, in a black and white standpoint, we achieved that goal through four key areas, right? We've got OA Online, which is my online uh, university that has some of the best content we've used to scale companies six, seven, eight, and nine figures and more. Um, cool. We've got really intense boot camps where you can come in for a couple of days, actually meet me and work with me individually, um, in addition to some other great team members we have. Uh, we have really incredible mastermind retreats. Our next one's not quite announced yet, but we're going somewhere tropical as soon as COVID dies down. It's going to be really, really nice. Cool. Uh, and then, uh, and then of course, we've got one-to-one strategy for my really high-level individuals who um, want to work with me directly. So we achieve that through four key areas. And all that we do goes back to, are we positively impacting your life and business with the systems efficiency and a structural stability that you can lean into for years and years and years to come? Um, most businesses, most individuals, they, they, they get about 70% right, uh, which is a great number. I mean, that's still passing, right? C's to get degrees, yeah. but they get about 70% right. But the part that they get wrong is really the difference between being a $10 million company and being an $80 million company. And so it's sometimes it's not even that they're doing it wrong. It's just that they're leaking efficiency. And so we'll come in and we'll, we'll fix that. 
the conference is just our answer to the marketplace. I've been to pretty much every conference you can go around. I've been to mm -hmm. all the big names, right? You can think of them. I've, I've been there, right? In fact, a lot of my friends either own it or speak there. And, and I've, I, I've yeah. been there, done that. And what I found was two things. Number one, you either go and it's a giant pitch fest, right? Like, oh my gosh, here's a tiny little snippet. And if you want more, you got to pay me a thousand dollars. Okay, great. Once you already right, paid a thousand dollars to go to the conference. Or more, right? I mean, I mean, <laughs> yeah, probably more. Exactly. Uh, or the other thing is that there's no real lasting effect. There's motivation. And yeah, I can take a little piece here and a little piece here and I yeah. can apply it. And, but I'm it's talking about deep lasting effect. Mm -hmm. And so I looked around and I thought, okay, what I just specified, the issue isn't that you need more strategy, right? You can teach strategy to a monkey and he'll still figure out how to get it. He doesn't need more. What you need is, I believe, starting with who you are, what that means, why it matters, how it's applicable to your life and your life's work, comma, then plug that into strategy. And mm. I don't find this being done anywhere because everyone wants to talk about, here's how you make more money. Like I've been there, money isn't crap if you don't have purpose attached to it. So why don't we get you right first, plug it into the system that can make money, and now you've shifted your legacy, just like we talked about a few minutes ago. Yeah. And so the, the conference is our answer to that. And the next couple of years, we've got that mapped out. 2020 is the source, answering those questions. 2021 is the journey. What happens when you're working in the minutia of your work and you're five, 10, 15 years into the discipline of your gift and all of a sudden it's like, I don't know if this is really for me. Maybe it is. We just need to identify it. And then the third is a destination. Listen, Nick, one day you're going to wake up and you're going to have some money in your account. Mm -hmm. And you're going to think to yourself, I actually don't have to work if I don't want to. How do you not fall out of the cycle of healthy obsession when you're actually succeeding at a high level? So yeah. we've got the source, the journey, the destination, and then the next year, our fifth year, the fourth in this series was the return. We're taking it all back on how do we take that and apply it diligently to last for generations. And I just don't see conferences answering those questions. So we dropped, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars and did it herself. <laughs> Damn. Yo, I'm going to, I want to clip that. I'm going to send you that video and you're going to be able to use that. That was great, dude. That was a, that was a perfect uh, image of what obsessed Academy is from a bird's eye view. So I don't know if you'll, if you'll end up using that at some point, but I'll, I'll uh, <laughs> clip that up and send it to you. I'll probably use that part in uh in the video I, I cut up, but that's sure, awesome, man. Sure. I think that you, the, the, the fact that you, have answered the market, like you said, like that's the biggest thing. You know, as someone in marketing, people try to, um, they have this cool vision in their head, which is always good. Sure. I've, I've done it. I, back when I was in high school, I had, I've had several failed businesses because I was all hyped up about mm -hmm. these t-shirts I wanted to create. And that's I right. created, right. I created them. I went, I walked down the street to this place, dropped $900, 950 on these t-shirts as like a 15 yep. year old. They were yep. looking at me like, right? But there was no, there was no desire for them, right? And I didn't understand that people, people, there's a, there's a void that people have that <clears throat> all your business does is it closes that void, right? And if there's no void there, AKA desires and, and et cetera, right? The markets wants. If there's no gap there, then the business doesn't serve a purpose. Therefore, people won't come to your business, right? right. And so, you know, the, if, I guess that's the biggest piece of this uh, of this in terms this 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 episode in terms of business application, right? It, for those listening, is like if you're going to start a business or if you're going to provide a service or whatever it is that you're doing, just listen to what people already want and need, 
right? Market feedback so, is, is huge. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was a huge gamble. It was, if I'm thinking this, I bet other people are. And candidly, yeah. I've, I've gotten to know a lot of people in the professional and the development and the executive spaces and all, all of this. I had a lot of contacts in a variety of high profile industries mm -hmm. um, where I was able to have these conversations initially, but we still built it on market feedback. You know, and candidly, just because I wanted to do it, hell, I would have done it anyway, just because I think it's fun. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, yeah, uh, just just to be super real. But that's not a really good business venture. Every venture that you need to take needs to have market feedback. The reason we adjusted the structure of Obsessed Academy is based on market feedback, based on scalability. You need to have the confidence to lean into your decisions when it doesn't look like there's a clear path forward, and the humility to back away from them when you recognize you're hitting walls and you're wasting money. Mm. Yeah, awareness. Mm -hmm. Massive That's awareness. Did you get did you get market feedback before you started at all, or did you wait until you made some moves and experienced some some setbacks and stuff until you got market feedback? Both. I mean, you're always getting feedback, <clears throat> positive or negative. Um, yeah. The first real piece of feedback was when I was in my my other company, and there were a couple other professionals in similar, you know, similar industry, similar spaces. Um, and I've always, you know, I'm a, I'm a, a connector, right? A teacher and, and a grower. I really like to connect and to challenge. I like to teach and I, I really like to help people grow. And so that's just my personality. Even if I wasn't doing this professionally, I'd still be doing this just to help. Um, so anyway, I get a couple of calls um, in a five day, seven day period. And it started with this one call that asked one specific question. I was like, oh yeah, I've got the answer to that. Here's what you do. Boom, 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 boom apply this into your business, you're going to be good to go. It's like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. They go off and run. Um, and then I actually remember it. The next day, I got a, a call with almost the exact same question. I was like, huh, that's really interesting. <laughs> then a couple days later, I remember this. I was driving. I was merging onto the, onto the highway and talking on speakerphone in my car. I remember it very vividly. And I got a call with the same question. And it was like, bing, light bulb. I go, huh, that's really interesting. I literally just answered this question. I gave my same answer. It came in slightly different variations, but it was for all intents and purposes, the same answer to three different people at three different times. Mm -hmm. And so this is years ago, right? And uh, I don't even use the term anymore, uh, coaching, because I think coach is kind of bullshitty because you got a lot of people out there that I, I like. Commodity, commodity now. This commodity for sure. Yeah, <clears throat> it, it, every, everybody that made $150,000 in real estate becomes a life coach. I mean, that's just, that's just the reality of it. And so I'm not saying that it's not valuable. I'm just saying, check who you work with. Um, but at the, <laughs> time, at the time, it was somebody asked me if I, was, if I coach. And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, I, you know, why not? And, and they said, how much? And I said, well, I said, I don't know. I guess, uh, you know, a, a $1,000, right? I'm driving in the car. I'm just talking. I'm like, yeah, you know, $1,000, I can help you out. Right. She goes, $1,000 a month? That's really, um, yeah. she goes like, wow. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, send me an invoice. And I was like, okay. That's kind of interesting, $1,000 a month for an hour or two worth of time. Um, so I put it out there to a couple other people I was helping. And within a couple day period, I got like eight clients. Um, so I was like, huh, that's really interesting. And obviously it's not like world changing money, but literally I recognized right there for a couple hours of my experience, that was for all intents and purposes, six figures added to the top line. Yeah. Um, and so that was, I talk about the cycle of healthy obsession, the emotion, the mindset, the discipline. It starts with the moment of revelation. That was my revelation, right? Revelation's a derivative of divine truth. It was a recognition. I can do more, be more, and I should be shifting at that moment. That was my revelation. And so I started this long period of transition 
like what you talked about, that was the beginning of market feedback was hang on yeah. a second. The way that I'm articulating something, the way that I can help, uh, there's a, there's a need for that. And, um, and then we, we started this long shift and obviously that just me kind of coaching people turned into a whole business structure, turned into the events and the strategies we do now turned mm -hmm. into where we're at right now, where my work one-on-one -on -one with people now is extremely limited and very high value and mm -hmm. very reserved. And it's not, you know, I, it's not what it used to be for a thousand bucks. I can sit down with you and, and, and help you out. But, um, but that was the beginning of this whole journey. And so our shifts along the way have been in relationship to market feedback. But what you talked about, the entire reason we're here today began with market feedback because we listened and we built around yeah. what people needed. Yeah, 100%. 100 um, dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I guess before we hop off here, like mm -hmm. uh, this might be valuable to the people listening. And for my, for my current situation, like <clears throat> I'm 22 years old. I'm pretty young still. Um, not currently where I'm, where I want to be yet, <clears throat> but I have a lot of things I'm working on iterating upon. Like what are some, um, what are some, I guess, <clears throat> pieces of experience that you can give someone like me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Jeez. That's right. Um, based on what you went through around the time you were 22, uh, in your twenties, I guess, or, or early on in general. Um, I'm in this place right now where I'm growing this business. It's going extremely well. Um, but I still have personal things I'm working on that are affecting the business. And it's very clear of that. Um, which is, I think that like everyone deals with that, but like, um, you know, I, I, I do compare myself just subconsciously to other things, other people and where I want to be versus where, you know, those types of things. Sure. I guess like, what are your, like, what are your final wrap up? Like, like nuggets that you would, um, give to a, a person that you know is young and, and hungry and, and just grinding every day. Well, the first thing is I love the fact that you're pushing that hard at that age because everybody yeah. says you're too young. Well, you're too young and then you're too old and then you're dead. So I'm a big yeah. believer in getting started. Um, yeah. My first companies were really young. The, the number one piece of advice I can say right now is to be, don't be afraid to spend money to learn, make mistakes yeah. and get around people that know some of my best relationships some of my relationships with people that you and I would know as household names, right? Celebrities, influencers, athletes, executives um, started with, okay, you know what? I need to make my way to you. I'm going to slap down $10,000 for your mastermind. I'm going to slap down a couple thousand dollars for your coaching. I'm going to work with you. I'm going to use platforms like the podcast, like the conference to build relationships. I'm yeah. going, and it's not a, oh, I'm only looking for me. It's I'm looking for knowledge. And at the same time, I want to give back to the people that are important and valuable in my life. Yeah. But so many people are like, oh, if you have to pay money, it's not a real relationship. Dude, bullshit. If you have to pay money, it closes the gap for you needing to yeah. build a valid business, not to have to pay money to get into the room with people, right? Yeah. Because sometimes yeah. that $10,000 to build a coaching relationship goes so well that it's like, hey, man, what's your number? Let me, I'd love to keep in touch. And now all of a sudden you have the beginnings of a real relationship. And then you don't talk for a few months. The next time you're flying out to their neck of the woods, you say, hey, I'm out in your area. I'd love to grab coffee. I'd love to sit down. I'm, I'm like you're doing. I'm having another show. And this month we're talking specifically about X, Y, and Z. I'd love to host you. Are you in the yeah. office? I can swing by. And so right now, now you're going to make a lot of mistakes and waste money too. That, that happens. But not being afraid to make those mistakes, 
pay for knowledge and to get into rooms with the right people is so valuable because so many yeah. people right now, especially 21 to about 29, 28, maybe even in the young 30s, but especially in that like 20 bracket, it, they're, they're focusing on trying to be valid. But the ones that have succeeded mm. can smell you a mile away if you're full right. of crap, right? Okay, I yeah, don't need you yeah. to pretend that you're valid. And frankly, even if you make a million dollars, dude, the people that make more, it's, it doesn't matter. It's just yeah. you can say, hey, you know what? Go up to somebody. Hey, Nick, uh, I just want to let you know, um, you know you, I'm, I'm fine the coaching program. I want to sit down with you. I've got a couple of questions. Um, I'm, I haven't made you know, $10 million yet. Our business is running. You know, we just broke the $2 million mark. I'm really curious about how you broke yours. I'd like to you know, just, be, just be real. You don't have to be meek, but just be real. Yeah. Um, but not being afraid to pay to get into the right rooms, get in front of the right people, get that knowledge. That's so important. If you realistically, mm. everyone that has less than $50,000, especially, you should be using that money to get in rooms, not throwing it into the stock market. Gotcha. Reinvest you know, you yourself. Really oh, absolutely. Because yeah. you'll have more later to invest in the stock market. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Because if you get into a room, let's say you spend $10,000 to spend a weekend with some people. Don't mm -hmm. you think the other people in that room are going to be at an elevated mindset if they too spend yeah. ten thousand dollars to be in the right room? And don't you, you think the, the right information people. in that room is going to be valuable? Because it <laughs> has to be valuable to people that can throw down ten thousand yeah. dollars for two days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So many yeah. people are like, "Oh my God, ten thousand dollars!" Ten thousand dollars. <laughs> exactly. The mindset exactly. shift. Exactly. It's crazy because, dude, I, like I've recently dropped a significant amount of money on like a coach mm -hmm. has validated that amount of money like by far and like it's crazy like the money comes back pretty quickly you know because you're willing to because you if you drop five five thousand dollars ten thousand dollars whatever you're going to take it seriously yeah, yeah. it's an energy transfer so that Absolutely. was great man i we really appreciate you coming on and giving that value um sure. and, and kind of sharing this experience and um you know just what you just said there was worth money. I mean, that, that having that mindset and hearing that is something that I think that once I realize that for myself, um, it changes everything, it changes everything because it's a tool. Money's a tool and, uh, you know, understanding to re and really reinvesting yourself and, you know, having the self-respect to put it on yourself first so that other people are going to be willing to, to pay you, pay you what you're worth as well. Like that's super, super important. So that's right. Yeah, I, I, I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing that. Absolutely, man. Happy to Thank help. You, man. Happy to help.